good to see you. I think I'm on. There we go. Awesome. Good to see you and good to be with you here this morning. I want to welcome you all online as well, and it's good to have you with us. This is Christmas Sunday. This is the Sunday before Christmas. It's Christmas Sunday. Turn to somebody and remind them it's Christmas. Go ahead and tell them that. And We have been in a series over the last few weeks entitled Receive the Gift. And I don't want to miss this opportunity to say clearly, and it's been said, and we, we center everything that we do around this fact, that Jesus is the greatest gift of all. And uh, the beauty in receiving the, the gift of Christ is that the Bible says all of God's promises and all of God's blessings are in Christ, and they are yes, and they are amen. In other words, when we receive the gift of Christ, there's so much more to come. After we've received him, there's more available to us. And uh, I love what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, that if God did not spare his only son, but delivered, of, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? That there is nothing that you have need of in your life that God won't give to you. And so Jesus really is that gift that keeps on giving in the truest sense. And sometimes, um, you know, James said every, every gift of the Father is good and it's perfect. It doesn't always appear that way. I think Daniel got it right last week when he, when he said it's not so much the gifts that may disappoint us, it's how they come wrapped or packaged. And that's so true sometimes. The way the gifts of God come are sometimes difficult and, and uh, it's not always fun. But they're gifts just the same if we'll hold on, if we'll take it, if we'll receive it, if we only receive it by faith. We'll, we'll discover at some point just how wonderful it was. And it is. And so we've been talking about over these last weeks, the gift sometimes comes with a stigma that it's not something that makes you look good or feel good, but when it comes from God, it is good. We talked about that sometimes his gifts are given in delay. God has terrible timing. He just, he absolutely has the worst timing. But he's God, we're not. So I guess whenever it shows up, that's the right time. And then last week, Daniel brought the word about how the Lord gave gifts to men to whom he gave to men. The gift of diversity, the, the differences of all of us. That there's a, little, there's a little bit of Jesus in everybody. And we're that gift. He gave us himself, and then he gave us to others. Today... I want to talk about this idea of the gift of a great light in a dark place and through a dark time. And I, I want to read from a few different passages of Scripture, if I can, this morning. So the first one is found in Isaiah chapter 9. And just follow along as I read these scriptures aloud to you. 
Isaiah said, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed. Let me start that again. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when he had first lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Then he said in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then I want us to look in Luke chapter 2, and I want to begin, I want to start where kind of before Isaac picked up in Luke chapter 2, I want to start at verse 8. He says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. By night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone, the radiance of God's glory lit up all around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then one other scripture found in the Gospel of John, verse one, chapter one, verses four and five. And it says, In him, or that is in Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Better translation. The lightness was not, or the darkness was not able to overcome the light. That's the better translation. So I'm going to try to get through this. I don't know why I'm so weepy. I guess it's because it's Christmas morning. Thank you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray this morning that you would add your grace these moments, God, and to this word. Let our hearts receive what you're saying to us at this time in our life. 
Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. I suppose there's probably a few of us that might be thinking this is the worst year ever. Anybody in the room ever had that inkling of that thought? Like, could this be, could it possibly get any worse than it is right now? And certainly in our lifetime, maybe it's the worst, most dark, discouraging time that we've ever experienced. I've heard people in their 70s say, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. We might think it's the worst year ever, but not so fast. Have you ever considered what it was like, how dark it was at the very first Christmas? See, sometimes in our world, we we don't realize, we look back at the Christmas story, and we envelop it in all these warm and beautiful and warm fuzzy cards and these nice sayings and these great paintings, but we don't realize just how dark it was then. And and the kind of world that was going on where, where Isaiah the prophet, he even said that darkness covered the earth and thick darkness the people. That's where, that's the world in which Jesus the first Christmas ever happened in which, the, in which Jesus came. At the time of Christ's birth, the whole world was in darkness. As it had always been since the fall of man. All of creation was groaning. Even Jesus, you get a sense when Jesus comes and he starts talking about, he said, I didn't come. He said, I came to seek and to save the lost. He saw the world in the darkness of a lost humanity. He said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. We were all spiritually sick. This world was in deep darkness and thick darkness surrounded all the peoples. That's the world at that time. It was a very dark time for the nation of Israel as well. Not only were they living under the harsh Roman oppression, but they lived in constant fear of this bogus uh, puppet king of Caesar, by the name of Herod. He wasn't even really a Jew. He wasn't even supposed to be a king of the people, but, but he was put into that place of power and he was erratic and he was insecure and the people in Israel at the time lived in fear, constant fear of what he might do to them. And not only that, but think of this, for 400 years, the nation of Israel hadn't heard from God. There had been no now prophetic word I can't go four weeks without hearing from God. I want to quit the ministry if I don't hear from God. They went 400 years without hearing from God. It's dark. It was dark in the nation of Israel. It was dark. It was a dark time for Mary and Joseph. This godly young couple that was engaged to be married. God shows up and basically... Yeah, it was a great and a wonderful experience, but after, after the fact, after she's pregnant, after the fact that they're not married, and now here they had this, as Daniel pointed out, this stigma that they've got to carry with them, that I've got God, God's doing something in me, and we're not married, and now this makes me, and it was dark. 
And not only that, but the nation that they were living in or the times that they were living in was uh, Caesar demanded a decree went throughout all of the land that said everybody's got to go to the back to their hometown, leave your house, leave your occupation, leave the way that you make your money, go back to where you came from so I can take a census of you so that I can tax you. It was dark times. It sounds like everybody's got to wear a mask. Everybody's got to stand six feet apart. Decree went throughout the land. You think this is dark? It was darker back then. Amen. And not only that, but she's pregnant. By the time they go to Bethlehem, she is well into her pregnancy. We put her on a donkey. The fact is, she didn't even walk. She waddled a hundred miles. Amen. It was dark times. The first Christmas was a pretty pretty dark time, just like it is at this Christmas time. There's darkness spiritually, circumstantially, even emotionally. Many of us have been suffering the loss of loved ones, dealing with feelings of loneliness and hopelessness, and even depression, I would say. In a season where we're decorating our trees with lights and our homes with lights, it feels like the light's gone out. It feels in a way that in our culture and in our society, the lights have gone out. But I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. He said that the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. See, this is how God works. He doesn't totally do away with the dark. But, and we, we would rather him... Hey God, the gift I want this year is to do away with all darkness. No, God says, I don't do away with the darkness, but here's what I will do. I'll shed light in the darkness. I'll bring light to bear upon the darkness of your circumstance, upon the darkness of what you're going through in the world that you're in, just like the world was in deep darkness, a light dawned and broke through. And I want to, I feel like the Lord has just put this message in my heart today to bring to every one of us that in our darkness, God wants to shed a little light. And He wants to shed some light, some true light on the darkness that we're going through right now. And there are just some points or some ideas that I want to share with you about the true light of God or the great light of God concerning the darkness of our situations. The first thing that I want to share with you here this morning that we need to understand and always remember, number one, is that God works in the dark. The great light of truth is that God works in the dark. The Bible said that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Right? The Bible also says that God dwells in unapproachable light. But did you know that the Bible also says, Isaiah said, Surely you are a God who hides yourself. Psalms 97 verse 2 said, says that clouds and thick darkness are all around Him. If God is light, then what in the world is He doing in the dark? If he dwells in unapproachable light, 
Why does he hide himself? Why is he covered in the clouds of darkness? Because God is a God who works behind the scenes and he works in the shadows. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through hard places, you are with me. God is working in the dark places of our lives. I love the the psalm said that the Lord neither sleeps nor does he slumber. God not only sleeps at night, it seems like he's working the night shift. He's working. David was going through a very dark time in his life. God had anointed him as king of Israel. But then after that anointing, he spends the next dozen, 15 years on the run from Saul who was trying to take his life. And then eventually when God gives him victory over that dark period in his life, he writes about it. And you can, you can read about this in Psalms 18. He tells the story. But he describes how God brought deliverance and, and the process and how, of how God brought deliverance. I want you to see these words. He says in Psalms 18 verse 9, he says, The Lord bowed down the heavens also. Listen. And he came down with darkness under his feet. Darkness under the feet of God. That speaks of two things for me. From God's perspective, he has all authority over the darkness that goes on in my life. It's under his feet. But from my perspective, when I'm looking up, all I see is darkness. But God's behind the cloud. God's in the darkness. When it's dark, God is at work. And then David goes on and he says in verses 11 and 12, look at, listen to what David says. This is, he's talking about how God brought deliverance. He said that God made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of skies. In other words, God was working all these years in my confusion, in my darkness, and what was going on in my life, and what wasn't happening in my life, God was at work behind the scenes, in the dark, where I couldn't see Him. But eventually, he says in verse 12, from the brightness before Him, His thick clouds passed away with hailstones and coals of fire. David said, I couldn't see what God was doing. But eventually, God's work manifests itself in my life. And I'm here to tell you today that God is working in your season, in your time, in your place of darkness. He's working. We don't always see Him. But he's at work. In the, and I, I don't want God to work in the dark. I want God to work in the light. That way I can supervise everything he's doing. I want to know what you're up to. And isn't it just like God that when it's at dark and when I'm going through a trial and when I'm going through a difficult place, he tells me what to do, but he doesn't always tell me what he's going to do. Like he says, I, here's what I want you to do, and here's the scripture I want you to hold on. Here's my ram of word. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. What are you going to do in the meantime? Silence. Amen. He's at work. He's at work. He tells us, here's the only thing that you need to remember and understand. I don't think like you think. Amen. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. 
As the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You just know this, my word won't return void. You just hold on to that. But God, what are you going to do? None of your biswax. I'll take care of it. That's the Lord's way of saying, you just let me handle it. I'm at work. Amen. When it's dark, the great light of truth is this. God is at work. The second thing that I want to share with us today, and here's what he's doing at work. In the dark, God is developing us. He's developing our faith. God develops us in the dark. I love Hank Williams. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more of night. I don't know where he came from, but I, I saw more darkness. Now I know in my soul, when the light comes into my heart, when Jesus comes into my life, there is no more darkness in me. Just like there is no darkness in God, though He may envelop Himself in darkness and work behind the scenes where I don't see Him, in the same way, just like there is no darkness in God, now there is no darkness in me, praise God. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So the light has come in, but I want to say, unlike Hank Williams, even though I saw the light, I experience darkness around me, trials around me in dark places. When we see the light, faith is born in the light, but it's developed in the dark. Jesus comes to me, makes himself known to me. I saw the light, right? But then we go into the dark, just like film, just like the old... um, everything's digital nowadays, but in the old days, in the real old days, you took pictures on Kodak camera and there was this chemical on the paper that that flash of light would burst an image onto that paper that you could never see. The image was there, but you couldn't see it until it went through the dark room. And that's what happens to every one of us. We see the light and faith is born and the impression, the impression and, and the imprint of who Jesus is is forever on my soul. But it's the darkness of difficulty and hardship that brings it out. And you begin to see it. Though it was already there. Now it begins to be made known. Hallelujah. These dark places, these trials in life, I think if we're honest, I know you won't, you're not going to say amen to this, but if we're honest, we do our best growing in the hardest of times. Paul said in Romans 5, he said, this is why we glory in tribulation. It's the tribulation that produces perseverance. It's the perseverance that produces character. It's the character that produces hope. And I just want to say something. Just because you're going through a dark place doesn't make you a dark person. The best of God's people have gone through dark places. Like Mary and Joseph, this... These godly young kids 
The Bible's very clear. She was a virgin. She was, she was a vessel of the Lord. Joseph was a blameless man. He was a devout follower of the Lord. And God comes to them and they saw the light. And as soon as God showed up, he then disappeared. And he left them pregnant and unmarried. But he told them, he told them, if you'll believe, it's possible. If you'll trust, all things are possible. This is going to work out. But now you just got to walk kind of in the dark now. And literally, they raised Jesus. They had Jesus. They raised him in relative obscurity. Knowing that they'd heard God, seen God, knew what God told them, but they didn't even see the reality of it for the next 30 years. Boy, isn't that just like the Lord? <laughs> you know what it is? It's a matter, this developing in the dark room of circumstances in our lives. It's just a matter of trusting and obeying the Lord. That's where the growth comes in when, the, when it's dark and you can't see your way through and you can't see your hand in front of your face and you don't know what to do next. You just trust and obey. Trust and obey. I love this scripture found in Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10. He says, who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. When you obey God, when you trust in the name of the Lord, that doesn't mean you're not going to still walk in darkness. Listen, you're going to go through times of darkness and in fact, sometimes you're trusting the Lord and obeying the Lord brings you into places of Darkness. Not that God's not there, but because you're obeying Him and you're trusting Him, this leads us sometimes into those dark places where I'm obeying what God told me to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm here. And I don't know what to do next. Except that I'm trusting the Lord. I fear the Lord. I'm listening to His voice. I think some of us right now in this season that we've been in, I think we've been in a dark room of development. And the Lord's trying to show us, He's wanting to teach us how to trust Him, how to obey Him when you don't know what to do next. When I was in grade school, we used to, the teacher used to, well, in all of school, the teacher used to teach us lessons and then give us a test. But it seems like in the kingdom of God, we get the test so that we can learn the lesson. It's like God puts us through a test to teach us, to develop us. That's why Paul said, we glory in tribulation. Because it's producing perseverance and character and hope in us. So when you're in a dark place, the great light of truth is that God is at work. Part of what he's doing is developing you and me. The third thing that I want to share with us here 
And this is, I think, a hope of encouragement is that God does, in fact, show up in the dark. He will show up. He will show up. Now, on that first Christmas, isn't it interesting where the Scripture says that the shepherds were out in the fields keeping watch over their sheep by what? Night in the dark. And the glory of the Lord split the darkness of the sky. And the radiance of God's glory filled the land. God showed, he showed up in the dark of their night. God came at night to the shepherds like he always does. God always shows up at night. Did you know that? You remember the story where Abraham is, the Lord shows up to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham says, oh yeah, well where's my promise? Where's my son? Where's, the, where's my offspring? I'm a nobody. I'm insignificant. And God took him and he said, Abraham, go out and look at the stars. God showed up in the night of his personal discouragement. How about Jacob? Jacob was not a great guy. But God loved him and God had a plan. And he was on the run from his brother Esau. And the Bible said he came to a certain place and he laid himself down at night and he put his head on a rock as a pillow and the Lord showed up in a dream. And he saw God and he heard God in the night of his own distress. Or how about Moses and the children of Israel as they were leaving Egypt and God directed them into a place. He pinned them in to where they couldn't go to the right or to the left or back. The only, and they really couldn't go forward unless God intervened. And we know that that happened in the night because the next morning, when God split the Red Sea, the Bible said they saw the soldiers of Egypt washing ashore. All that night, God met them and delivered them. God always shows up at night. Elijah, remember Elijah when he got burned out and so discouraged in ministry, he took off running, found himself in a cave, and he went into the cave to sleep and to rest at night. And then God shows up in that cave. And he begins to say to him, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he took him outside of the cave and he began to show him how he talks and how he works. It was in the night of his discouragement. Amen. How about the disciples in the sea crossing, trying to get to the other side as Jesus told them to do? And as they're rowing, and rowing and straining against the wind and can't get anywhere. Finally, Jesus shows up. In what? The fourth watch of the night. In the dark. What I'm trying to tell you is that God will show up. In your darkness. And in your night. Hallelujah. So Paul was in the city of Corinth. And he was deeply discouraged over the lack of fruitfulness that was going on in that city. 
and he wanted to leave. He wanted, can I say it this way? Read it this way. He wanted to quit. I identify. He wanted to quit. And the Bible said the Lord showed up in a vision and said to him, essentially, you're not going anywhere. I got this. Hallelujah. Come on. Is somebody else happy around here? God shows up in the dark. He always does. He always shows up in the night of our seasons. And so we need to hold on to that truth. One of the greatest, wasn't night really, but it was a, the greatest deliverance that was, a, that was worked for all of humanity was when Jesus died on the cross. And the Bible tells us that in the middle of the day, the sky turned dark for, the, for about three hours. And this is what the Bible says. And it was a darkness that covered the whole earth. It was in the dark that God brought the greatest victory for every one of us. God showed up at night to the shepherds like he always does. And that's what he's going to do for us. God is good at showing up in the middle of our crisis. He never promised to keep us from hardship. But he promised, I'll take you through it. Psalms 34 verse 19 says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, read that with me, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Come on, now is that not a good word today? Many are the afflictions, the trials, the hardships, the dark places that I go through, but God delivers us out of them all. What do we do while we're waiting on God to show up and What do we do in this meantime in the dark place? Just keep going. Just keep pressing on. Can I tell you, if we bail out, we'll miss out. Now's not the time to bail out. Now's not the time to jump ship. Hang in there. Paul went back to tell the churches that were going through some struggles in their life. He went back and he strengthened their soul. The Bible says he strengthened the soul of the, of the churches. And he said, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. We're going to the kingdom of God. But on our way through, all the way through to God's destiny and God's purpose for us, we will go through many tribulations. If we bail out now, we'll miss out. Let's stay in there. Amen. It's dark right now, perhaps, but remember this, God always shows up in the dark. He always does. And there's one final thought that I want to share with you guys today. The great truth, or the great light of truth, is that God guides us through the dark places. Now, light does many things. Light, when... When we came in here this morning, we turned on the lights and it dispelled the darkness. In other words, it drove the darkness out because darkness can't overcome light, right? It can't overcome it. Light overcomes the darkness. But not only that, but light also discloses or it reveals what was previously unseen. 
I didn't see that before. But God shines the light on it. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize. There it is. It discloses. Light also draws like a moth to flame. It has an attracting power to it. But also light is a directing thing. It directs us. It guides us. The Magi, the Bible said, saw his star all the way back, some people believe, all as far back as India. They saw his star. And they said, we have come. We followed this star. We followed this light all the way here to worship him. When they got there, it appears as though the light disappeared. Don't know that for sure, but there was something that happened to where they didn't see the light. They didn't know where the king actually was, so they said, where is he supposed to be born? Where would be his town? Where would be his hometown? And they decided, or they deciphered that it would be in Bethlehem, which is just six miles down the road from where they were. Not very far. And the Bible says they made out from that place, and as they were on their way, behold, there was the light. The star shined. And and then it says, and it stood over the house where he was. Have you ever noticed that God works like that a lot of times? You're in this far off place, and all you see is this light. You're like, well, I'm going after the light. And along the way, maybe there's a disappearance of it. Maybe it's not so clear, but you just kind of keep pressing on. You keep going forward. And when you get more revelation, you go after it. And there you go again. God begins to shine on the path again. He begins to show you things again. And it comes and it leads you right to where God wants you to be. Let me tell you something. God is leading and directing our lives and he knows how to do it in the dark. He knows how to shine the light in the right place at the right time in the right direction because God always wants to bring us all to a deeper place in Jesus. Listen, I'm not just talking about seeing a light so that life will be better for you. In this dark time, I'm going to tell you one thing for sure that God is doing. He wants to get us closer to Jesus. He wants to bring us to the true light that has come to light up the darkness of this world. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's just not trying to make life better for us. God is good and he does make life better. Come on, can I get a good amen? But he is specifically doing for us what he did for the Magi. He wants to bring us to Jesus. And I love... What David said in Psalms 43, he said, O Lord, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. God, send out your light. Show me the way. Now remember what Paul said? Paul said that the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness has shone in our hearts, right? This is where we need to see the light, is what God is doing in our heart and in our life. David said in Psalm 16, verses 7 and 8, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Listen, 
My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. David wasn't just listening to his own heart. He was receiving the light of God's counsel, what God was saying to him in this night season in his life. God will guide you. You're right now, you and I don't always see so clearly how to get through this. But if you will pay attention to what the Lord is saying to you in your heart, that's the light. And in your own heart, the the counsel, the instruction, the direction of the Lord will show up. He will give you what to do. He will tell you what to do. That's your light. And he said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall never be moved. I just want to encourage every one of us here to never underestimate how God commands light to the heart in our deepest and darkest times. God will talk to us. God will give us direction. And right now, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to lead. Like, and that's not being self-deprecating. That's just being true. But all I know to do is to stay close to Jesus and to go deeper with Jesus and to just let His light shine in my heart. In the darkness of what I'm, where I'm at, just, just taking the next step, just, taking the, just making the next move. Maybe the worst year ever. To us, but it's not the worst year ever at all. The very first Christmas was at least as bad, if not worse. And the light shined. Hallelujah. The light shined. It's a dark year. It's a dark Christmas. I hope you're not depressed. I hope I'm not depressing you. Stop. There's just darkness all around us. But I want to read you something. This is, this is how I'm going to close it. I'm, it's not going to come up on the screen. In fact, would you do me a solid and just close your eyes and just receive what I'm going to read you because this, this scripture is about you and it's about Christ in you. And I just, I just want this to wash over our spirit. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. The sun shall be no more. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor the brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. And that's the word of the Lord. Would you stand with me?
Katie, could you come back? Let's one duo come let us adore you. Father, we just we want to thank you for your goodness in our lives. We want to thank you, Lord, for the gift of a great light in dark times. We would rather do without darkness, God. But somehow, God, let us see that you are a God who works in the shadows. And you're working in our lives. And you will show up. You're going to do, you're going to do a great thing. You're going to show up in the right time and in the right way. But until that time, you're going to guide us right where you want us to be. And I just pray for anyone, Lord, who feels a little overwhelmed by the darkness or discouragement or maybe even battling feelings of depression. Just that, that overwhelming feeling of just kind of the blahs and the blues and the discouragement and just, just with everything going on in our society and our culture and in our minds and in our families and in our world, God, I just pray that we would arise and shine for the light has come. Even though there is great dark, a deep darkness in the earth, God, there's a, there's a light of glory upon us. And your light is our glory. Lord, we just want to, we want to walk out and we want to live in the victory in which you have made us free. And we want to shine that light, God. Even though we ourselves might be in a dark place, we can still shine a light that permeates the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome. We love you, Jesus, and we honor your holy name. Can we just sing this one more time in closing together? Sing it. Let's worship the Lord. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. For He alone is worthy. Alone are worthy. Come on, church. Worship Him. You alone are worthy, for you alone are worthy, Christ. Oh, come. Oh, come, let's sing it. Come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen? Praise God. God bless you guys. Wanna...
remind you of Christmas Eve, noon, two, and four. God bless you. Have a great day.